0: Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why asteroids can have rings, spiders that actually nurse their young, and a massive tree that's been known to bring
0: visitors to tears. Let's satisfy some curiosity. We all know that Saturn has incredible rings surrounding the planet. But did you know that even smaller bodies can host rings? That's right. Scientists now know that even asteroids can be surrounded by these celestial hula hoops. But it turns out the physics behind big rings is totally different from the physics behind small rings.
1: So first, here's what we know about rings. In general, rings are just tight orbiting clouds of ice, rock, and dust. But we're still learning a lot about where planetary rings came from and how they behave. NASA's Cassini mission collected a lot of data from Saturn's rings in 2017. One thing we now know is that Saturn's rings are made up of debris of all sizes, from particles as small as a grain of sand to boulders as large as a whole mountain.
0: But here's a surprise. Asteroids have rings, too. Scientists discovered rings around an asteroid called Caraclo in 2014, then found a circle of debris surrounding a dwarf planet called Haumea in 2017. A new study in Nature Astronomy explains how these little bodies can hold onto their rings in the absence of shepherding moons, which help hold together rings around planets. The researchers have a couple of explanations.
1: The first explanation is that if the body is spinning quickly enough, it can create a resonance that stops rings of debris from expanding and dissolving. The second ring-saving influence is if the asteroid or dwarf planet has a huge center of mass on its surface, like a mountain. This keeps the ring hovering over its home object rather than being torn apart by tidal forces.
0: One of the study's co-authors puts it this way, quote, in the case of Caraclo, the irregularities confine the rings. In the case of Haumea, the body's big flatness does the job, unquote. Maybe someday we'll figure out how to get a ring around Earth. You know why we would do that, Ashley? Why would we do that, Cody? Because if you like it, then you should put a ring on it.
1: Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the checklist for being a mammal is pretty straightforward. You need to be warm-blooded, you need to have body hair, and you need to nurse your young. So imagine scientists surprise when they discovered that a spider, an invertebrate that is definitely not a mammal, produces milk and nurses its young.
0: Ashley, talk to me about the rabbit hole this led you down.
1: Yeah, I found out that a lot of non-mammals produce something akin to milk, like cockroaches, tsetse flies, Pigeons? That was really gross.
0: This is all disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Milk gets really gross really fast. Well, we'll try not to gross people out too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll stick to the spider. I'm talking about a jumping spider known as Toxius magnus. It looks less like a spider and more like an ant, and it doesn't really act like a spider either. Usually, once a spider hatches and gets strong enough to find its own food, it stakes out on its own as a lone hunter. But T. magnus spiders live as happy little families in a single nest, often with two or more adults or one adult female and several baby spiderlings. With that whole nest thing going on, researchers in China wanted to see if the mother spider also took care of its young as they matured. And they found that the mother spider was producing a sort of milk for her offspring. For the first week, she left droplets of it around the nest for her spiderlings to find, but eventually the baby started sucking directly from her, for lack of a better term, teat. Though technically, the milk came out of her epigastric furrow, which is a genital structure in her abdomen. The spiderlings kept nursing for about a month and a half, but even after they were done nursing, they kept using the nest at night. Those darn slacker teenagers, am I right? We found a few other non-mammals that make milk to feed their young, but according to the researchers, this jumping spider is the only invertebrate known so far to nurse its young like a mammal. They say it's a sign that scientists need to reevaluate how common this tendency is across the animal kingdom, both in invertebrates and other organisms. Once again, science proves to be more complex than our clean definitions
0: can handle. As a fan of comic books, I'm just glad Peter Parker didn't get bitten by a radioactive jumping spider. Spider Man might be a bit different. Aw, Spider Mama. <laughs> <laughs> spider Milk. Spider Milk. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> You may not like spiders, but I bet you like trees. Let's end with something beautiful. A tree called Tane Mahuta, nicknamed the Lord of the Forest. It's a massive tree known to bring visitors to tears. Now, Ashley, you grew up by the redwoods, so you're no stranger to tall trees.
1: Yeah, there's there's no tree better than an old-growth redwood in my book. You can't convince me otherwise.
0: These trees actually aren't as tall as redwoods, but they are big around. Yes. Like, you cannot hug around these trees. So this is like the New Zealand version of old-growth redwoods. Tane Mahuta is the largest cowrie tree in the world. For some perspective, the coastal redwood trees here in the U.S. can grow to be around 300 feet or 90 meters tall, while cowrie trees usually grow to about a third of that height. But again, they are wide. An average cowrie tree is more than 16 feet or 5 meters around. But the Lord of the Forest, named after a Maori forest god, is a staggering 50 feet around and 148 feet tall. That's 16 meters around and 45 meters tall, which makes it about as tall as a 14-story building. It takes a long time for a tree to reach that height, and Tane Mahuta is estimated to be about 2,500 to 3,000 years old. That means it was a sapling when humans were first entering the Bronze Age. Besides their stunning appearance above ground, cowrie trees set themselves apart with a uniquely shallow network of roots. Now, lots of very large trees nourish themselves on mineral deposits deep beneath the ground. But cowries extend thin tendrils along the surface, and they feed off of decomposing organic matter. They have deep peg roots to hold them down since they're so huge, and they don't gather any nutrients. Unfortunately, that feeding system also leaves the giants vulnerable. In recent years, the trees have been suffering from a new disease known as cowrie dieback. It's caused by outside contaminants seeping into those shallow roots, sometimes by wandering mammals and sometimes on the soles of visiting hikers. That's why if you're going to visit Tane Mahuta, you actually need to hose off your shoes before you do so. You can see pictures of the Lord of the Forest and read about all of today's stories on Curiosity.com and on our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But you won't find The Entwives, (laughs) which are still missing. Where are the Antwives? It is New Zealand. I mean, you'll be closer. Ooh, yeah. Where they shot Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Peter Jackson, you heard it here first. (laughs) Get that Netflix documentary going. We need to find the (laughs) Antwives.
1: Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And
0: I'm Cody Goff.
1: Stay curious.